Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Time now for the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. Welcome in. It's Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Timothy Michael McKernan Action Jackson with you. Jackson's a little tight today. I want to let the audience know that. Uh, and I feel like it's something you can take advantage of. Uh, Jackson, would you like to issue a statement here at the outset of the program in which texters can issue their statements via the Air Comfort Service text line 65780 or uh, verbally via the 101 ESPN app and the uh, mic drop feature? Well, I've been working with that all four extremities here for the last 40 minutes, but now I can now what does set- that mean right there? What I does that settle statement in. mean? Well, a lot has happened on the last... 40 minutes of the morning after. Yeah, well, I mean, we're a show that covers breaking news and has intelligent discussion and uh, is a place where the sophisticated sports fan can find updates on uh, the comings and goings and goings and comings in the sports world. Absolutely. And so, like with anything like that, it's going to be busy, and then it leads right up into our show here, our one-hour presentation here. So a lot of work had to be done, but the work got done, and now I can kind of settle in, so... Well, a little I'm, less tight now. was walking down the hallway from uh, the TMA studio to 101 ESPN. Michelle Smallman was in the hallway. She goes, wow, you're working on purpose. And I said, I, I think we might be late for our show. And, uh, and then Jackson came running in, running into the studio. Matt Rocchio, who is a delight, who's a gentleman, who's from South St. Louis, which to me is instant credibility, was telling a story. Uh, was enjoying it. He was telling a story of Mike Claiborne being in with Randy Carricker and Michelle Smallman and himself and uh, recreating the two-pound carrot cake uh, story. And Jackson rudely says, I can't hear a word you're saying, broski. <laughs> I, I have my headphones and we're about to start the show. In the man one is talking to you. Show respect to people from South City. Because you're from Ladue, you put your headphones on. I assure you, if you would have went to Burroughs, you would have been, hold on a second, Matt. Just one second. And as much as I love Matt Rocchio, and people know that I love Matt Rocchio, the, the, the time to start telling a story is not one second before wow. we're about to go on there. There we go. Radio Wars. Our little one-hour midday show is now at war with the morning drive program. Here it is. <laughs> oh, oh, boy, I am tight. <laughs> I know, and that's why I'm gonna I'm gonna give you this little grace period before before I start the I mean the the meat and the potatoes of this radio program. All right, all right. Let me just stretch you out. You want to do a breathing? You want to do a breathing exercise? No, we're all good now. Guys, little piddles is a big freaking baby. It's from the six three six. Did Jackson bring donuts or is his wallet tight, too? That's from the 314. Uh-oh, did Jamie Rivers curb stomp him again? That's from the 636. <laughs> a hip check or something. No, all is well. Listen, you know, this, we live a fast, high-paced lifestyle. Sometimes things come at you quickly. It is, it is high, whatever. 
it's fast paced, I should say. Thank you. It's a fast paced lifestyle. Sometimes things come at you quickly and you gotta be able to stick and move. And that's exactly what I did. So we're good. All Apologies right. to Matt Rocchio. He's a South City gentleman, and I shouldn't have uh, cut him off, gotta give but him I had respect. to. you got to give him his respect. All right. Uh, Jackson, uh, the Cardinals win last night. They wore the Navy helmets, the Navy hats. I'm watching yeah. Albert Pools at a home run uh, right now. There it is on the MLB Network, which is or your head. Uh, 694 for him. They win. Uh, of course, clear eyes, Navy caps, can't lose. By the way, I'll just do a Gallup poll real quickly. Red caps or navy caps on the road? So that's all. So I just write it in. Six five seven eight zero. Six five seven eight zero. I don't feel strongly about much anymore. I have withdrawn from a lot of the world, but I do feel strongly about the Cardinals wearing the navy helmets slash hats on the road, and I have no idea why they went back to look like the Angels, the Reds, the Phillies, whatever other. The hackneyed operations. Right? He had a unique look. One of the best uniforms in all of sport. And yeah. you're a uniform guy. Oh, you better believe it. And while I prefer watching baseball games where more than 20 people are in the stands, the one thing you can count on when they go to Cincinnati is the Navy hat. That's all. Uh, the Navy wow. hat. Wow. I mean, we are getting a landslide. Randy just did that exact same poll yesterday. God bless. Yeah. I mean, so that the, makes me feel like I'm doing the right thing if Randy's... Uh... It's Navy. It's Navy all day. The Navy road cap is an incredible hat. It looks fantastic. It's perfect. And then they wear red on the road, and it just doesn't It doesn't have the same... Pop. It doesn't have the same... It doesn't capture the same feeling. And I, I'd be in favor of a Navy jersey. I've wondered if they would do that. I think it would be. They have this Navy pullover they sell with just the STL logo on the left breast. That's what they wore in spring training in the 1980s for a period of time. What I was thinking is the birds on the bat logo of the home and road jersey Uh on a Navy jersey. And then the red pops with the Navy. Yep. And then even then, then you could go with the red cap. Then it would work better than now. Or you could go with the Navy cap with a red bill. Would that be a road uni or a home uniform? Road both. uniform. Well, you can do both. I mean, like you can the Mariners You can do white pant. Yeah. I think it looks good with a white pant or a gray pant. I think it would be a fantastic. I had Bill third on uh, my podcast a few years ago, and I think he was, I think he felt sadly for me for how clearly <laughs> I was irritated by his decision to go to the red hat. Like, he's like, oh, I thought this guy, I thought this guy had more going on in his life <laughs> until he showed up in my office and started berating me about the decision to go to red hats on the road. Oh, I think I think navy is a great third color for the Cardinals. If it's underutilized, I'd even give up the powder blues for them. I would say that we are getting uh, once. I, I, listen, I, I I read the text that Randy did this yesterday on the show. I realize the Venn diagram of Carriker and Smallman listeners and TMA listeners is essentially as close to, to Mercury as Saturn is. So yeah. I recognize that we're in two different worlds. But you have to understand if you can. Maybe you don't have to understand it. It's up to you if you'd like to understand it. But I am on the air at the same time as they are on, so I was not aware. I was not aware that they did this. And uh, you also would maybe not be aware that, for real, this has bothered me for a decade. And I'm not proud of it, but it legitimately bothers me. Now, what I will say is this. It is wonderful to hear that the character and Smallman audience, along with the Balloon Party audience, where there has to be some overlap, uh, feel strongly about the Navy hat. Oh, it has to be. I mean, it's uh, the aesthetics are a big part of baseball. I'm not going to hide from it. I think, you, wow, you're a controversial host. Uniforms are an important part of the game, 
And the fact that they wear the red hat, I think, is awful. And I think they underutilize Navy in general. The Sunday cap looks great with the Navy dome and the red bill. I love the Sunday cap. I'm fine with the Sunday cap. I wish it was STL and not the bird logo. I think I, I think I, that's where I, yeah. I, I think, think, that's I think where the I, STL logo is. That's where is, I differ on it. Yeah, I'm with you. It's beautiful, and I don't know why you wouldn't go with it. But I think the Navy cap is better than the red cap on the road. Tim, he put it on his Twitter, bro. That's from the 636. I uh, I am actually proud to say that I really am not on Twitter all that much. Yeah, that you are proud to say. I am, it has been a, a positive life experience. Uh, the last thing anybody wants from me is life counsel. And even if I provided it, I'm certain, in particular from 10 to 11 here, no one wants to hear my life counsel. But withdrawing from social media has been one of the more positive things that I've done over the last few years. Yeah, I, I hear you loud and clear on so that. So I did not see Randy's Twitter tweets poll. I'd be curious what the results are. Can you pull that up, uh, Action Jack? Sure. All right, sure, fair enough. Sure. So uh, we were talking about this on uh, TMA. We actually, in a, in a stunning development, <laughs> uh, and it speaks volumes, that a listener had to book the guest on the show. Um, but in, in, on the Reds' postgame show last night, uh, their uh, version of Al Roboski, Brad Thompson, Jim Edmonds, um, is a gentleman by the name of Chris Welsh, also occasionally Jeff Brantley, who was the closer for the Cardinals in 1998, uh, is on their postgame show. And uh, this made its way around Twitter in St. Louis last night. Um, Brendan Schaefer, guy who we used to work with, guy I know, good guy. He's got a good following on social yep. media. He writes Close for KMOV.com. And, uh, and he tweeted this out. Now, as I was just saying, I'm not all that active on, on social media, so I was unaware of this. Jackson sends me for TMA audio in the morning before we start the show, and uh, it said something along the lines of accusatory comment from Red's broadcaster last night on the postgame show regarding Pujol's 694th home run. So, Jackson, what we're going to do here is I'm going to break... Yeah. Then I am going to play that audio, and then we got the broadcaster, Chris Welsh, on TMA this morning, and we will let the listeners form their opinion as to what was going on in his comments. Um, before we do that, see, I'm staying on the clock. I was about to go into it, but then I was going to go another 10 minutes, and I'd be all over. No, it was well done. Yeah, I'm, ex no, I'm excited about my talent. I got the results of Randy's poll, by the way. That's that. where I was going to go. What you do we got? You want to take a guess? <sighs> I think Randy has a different audience than I have. But then the question is, does that audience prefer the red or the blue? And does it even matter what the different demographics would be? I'm going to say 66% Navy. Wow, that's pretty good. 76% Navy. Great to hear. Great to hear. Thank you to Randy for doing that. And the it. thing is, when this whole thing happened, when the Cardinals made this switch, and I think it was the year after, it was either the year after they went to the NLCS against the Giants and lost, Barry Zito, or the year after they beat the Rangers in the World Series, they made the switch, and the then there was some pushback. And the Cardinals said, okay, we'll take a poll. And then the poll was, we want Navy. And then they said, okay, we'll do Navy when they're playing teams with red hats at home. Yeah, it was like this compromise. You know, I was about to say pissed everybody off, but in reality, most people have other things to do. It pissed me off. Yeah, not so us. I can't I can't project on the audience <laughs> the fact that this bothers me that much. 
but you know what? It does. Uh, so 76%. And I would say in the Air Comfort Service text line here. Yeah, I think that, that number reflects that. Overwhelmingly about three out of four. Yep. So there you go. All right. Uh, we'll have this uh, audio for you on the other side of the break. You're going to want to hear it. And then what Chris Welsh had to say uh, about his comments regarding Pujols' 694th home run. That is next. This is Balloon Party 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan with you to the top of the hour. And uh, you are welcome to interact with uh, Jackson, who is uh, now known officially, actually, on his driver's license as Lil Piddles. Yeah, we got the legal name change done. Uh, kind of like McLovin. And uh, my name is Timothy Michael McKernan, and I am the top ranked HD2 broadcaster in the area. Yeah, from 7 to 10. Correct. Uh, you can uh, interact 65780, Air Comfort Service text line, and you are also welcome to uh, use the 101 ESPN app for a mic drop. Uh, so here's uh, the Reds postgame show. I deep teased this before uh, the commercial break, and uh, the broadcaster is Chris Welsh, this made its way around uh, Twitter. Jackson, uh, you saw it this morning at 5 in the morning, you said? Yeah, yeah, I saw Brendan Schaefer quote tweet it this morning, uh, and I listened to it. I was like, Yo, you know what? That is uh, an interesting audio piece that I think needs to be examined. Yep. Three more would score in the frame after Anderson left, so it's a 6 nothing lead when the machine steps to the plate against Ross Detweiler. And for the 694th time in his career, he hits the seats. That looked like a half swing. I mean, didn't it? It did. 0-2 count, half swing to right field, home run the other way. Man, I'd take a hard look at that. Yeah. I'd take a hard look at that. Right. So what I was saying uh, on 101 ESPN last week is one of the things, because on... Uh, social media, the, the key is is to create a burner account and then fill the void in your life financially, emotionally, or sexually with likes. And what you do is you say negative crap to get you likes, and then ideally it'll make up for the financial uh, deficiencies, lack of sexual proclivity, or emotional fulfillment. Those likes ideally fill that void, okay? Mm -hmm. And so what people have been saying in order to fill that void and get their likes is that the balls must be juiced, and that is why Albert Pujols is on this home run run over the last few weeks, all right? Yep. So when you heard that on the Reds postgame show, what were you thinking the Reds broadcaster was saying? What were you thinking? What was what's the first thing that came to your mind? The first thing that came to my mind was he was insinuating that the ball was juiced for Albert that, on that at bat. That, that's what I thought that the insinuation was because I lacked a lot of, I mean, context was the postgame show, but... He said that's something that they ought to take a look at. Yeah, I'd take a hard look at that. And right. so when someone says that with Albert, um, you know, that's, I, that's what my first thought goes to. And so uh, I was wondering whether he was saying that because that is the narrative that is popping up. Again, this is kind of the dark web of the comment section. Uh, and then also uh, whether he's corking his bat or something right, bizarre, whatever it is. Right. Um, and so we got Chris Welsh of the Reds postgame show. He used to pitch in the major leagues, pitch for the Reds for a time, I think with the Expos. Padres, yeah. Uh, and uh, we got him on TMA, 
this morning, and uh, he immediately uh, put the controversy to bed. Here is what he says he was saying. You know, I'm not talking about Albert Pujols, actually, with that home run. I'm talking about the, the right field wall at Great American Ballpark. And I've said it several times over the course of the year this year that I've seen a lot of balls go into the first and second row there. Right-handed hitters going the other way. Goldschmidt did it last time. Uh, Tommy Pham came over to me one day after Goldschmidt came through here during the last trip the Cardinals had in Cincinnati and said, man, you know what? I'm not taking advantage of that right field like I should. And uh, I've gotten to some conversations with some players, including some of the Reds players, and uh, I think that the Reds need to take a hard look at that ballpark and right field. It has, and if you thought I was implying that Albert Pujols is doing anything but playing the game on the up and up, that's absolutely untrue. That's Chris Welsh this morning on uh, the Ryan Kelly morning after from 7 to 10 on uh, 105.7 HD2, which is the program Jackson and I are on leading into this one. So uh, now we had some people in our audience saying he is backtracking, he's covering it up. I could be off on this, and I, if I am, I am, and I, I, I shall own it. I'd like to think I have a pretty good read, and I don't think he was backtracking. I think that's what he was saying. And in his beyond that soundbite that you just heard, he said he has been talking about the Reds ballpark and the dimensions there for a while. Right Now, in St. Louis, I think most people probably don't even know who Chris Welsh is. Sure. And they're going, oh, yeah, well, really? But if, if you've been talking about it for a while, and he told the story of Tommy Pham, the former Cardinal, now with the Red Sox, who had the stop in Cincinnati, uh, saying that he should utilize it. His point was kind of a half swing, and it's able to get out of the ballpark. That is something that drives him up the wall. And he said it would suck. Now it's not the case because the Reds are nowhere near the playoffs, but the Reds are playing for a pennant, and you have somebody flip a ball out to right field, and it goes out because of the dimensions that he thinks are wrong in right field in Cincinnati. And I went on to say to Chris that I recall, and I'm sure Cardinals fans can recall this, one of the most famous home runs in Cardinal history is Albert Pujols off of Brad Lidge. Mm -hmm. And even though I like to joke about the fact that I left Minute Maid Park before Pujols hit the home run to watch the game in my hotel room, which was a couple blocks away from the ballpark, the reason why I was so irritated was because, and you got to really be a baseball nerd to remember this one, 17 years ago, but the way the Astros took the lead that led to the Cardinals having to come back against Lidge and in, in, in the Astros in the ninth inning was Lance Berkman flipped a ball off the end of his bat into the Crawford boxes. And when I was down in Houston, because it used to drive me up the wall, I stood at home plate one time just to look at it. And what it reminded me was the left field line at Afton Athletic Association. <laughs> it is that close. Right. Now, there used to be a hill in center field, too. And I think Edmonds one time dove on the hill to try to catch a ball or catch a ball. And they finally got rid of the hill because somebody was going to, like, blow out their knee running up that damn thing. But, uh, yeah, the, the Crawford boxes are 300 feet and change down the left field line. And Lance Berkman, hitting left-handed against the right-hander, Chris Carpenter, reaches out, flips a ball in there, and that was going to send the Cardinals uh, home and the Astros to the World Series until Pujols hit that home run. And so I actually can sympathize with where Welsh is coming from. I don't When I think of the Great American Ballpark, I just think of a crappy new ballpark that's usually empty. That's what I think of. And it's in the National League Central, and, you know, it's not 
the most exciting cities that are in the National League Central <laughs> minus Chicago. That's what I think of, real honestly. And uh, so I don't really think about the dimensions. And I also think from a fantasy baseball and d- d- uh, daily fantasy standpoint, if you're building lineups and you have a team with players in Cincinnati or Cleveland, you're always monitoring thunders- thunderstorms at 5 o'clock like it's Florida for some reason. I have no idea what's going on with the weather in Cincinnati. We saw it last night with the delay to start the game and then a delay in the middle of the game. But in Cincinnati, some people are really irritated by the dimensions of the ballpark, and that is what Welsh is saying. He was saying he was not making any accusations beyond that. Jackson, what do you think? Yeah, I think that it was really great for us to get Welsh on to talk about that because, like, you know, we had the context within that postgame report, but we didn't know that Chris has been talking about the dimensions of Great American for a while now. And someone in Cincinnati might have picked up on that immediately because they watch every night, and we do, and we obviously do not. So to hear that from him, I think, was very important. And I also agree that now it makes sense. That makes sense that, and Great American's always been known as a hitter's park. So, you know, it makes sense that it's a disadvantage to the Reds that a ball like that could leave the ballpark. I think it's tough. I mean, listen, when it gets down to it, and if you're a premier free agent pitcher, if again, just being honest, and even though this has now become the Lil Piddle show, it was That's at right. one time known as honesty in media. Uh, if And you can live anywhere in the country and sign a deal for nine figures, you're probably not going to sign with Cincinnati. It reduces the probability of it if you are going to sign and be exposed to a ballpark that is not favorable. Right. St. Louis, on the other hand, is now known as a pitcher's ballpark. Yep. And Edmonds was talking about it on the broadcast last night about how that thing, the ball flies in particular, out to right. And he's talked about it before on the broadcast, and I know we've talked about it, how the ball just does not travel, much less the dimensions, the same way it did at Bush Stadium 2 versus Bush Stadium 3. Now, it's not to say you can't hit a home run. Obviously, we've seen plenty. But as far as the way the ball flies, David Freeze's famous triple off Neftali Feliz in 2011 is not misplayed by Nelson Cruz if that game's in Cincinnati. It's a home run. Right. It's well into the stands in right. Cincinnati, both dimension-wise and then also because of the way the ball flies. Uh, Yankee Stadium, certainly. Yeah. I mean, that's the short portion, right? Fenway. There's a ton of ballparks where that ball is gone, and... There's a lot of balls hitting Bush Stadium that would be gone to other parks. So there are pitchers and hitters ballparks. Ah, yes, ballparks. Uh, Tim, it makes sense. It was just a weird way to say it, especially with it being an Albert home run. That is from the 618. Um, yeah, I mean, again, it's his explanation I buy. I just yep. don't think. Agreed. I just don't think that there was anything else to it. Either way, the man now has 694 home runs. Um, and Jackson, uh, yesterday you were now you were saying he would not get to 700. Let's get an update for uh, you now. Now that he's at 694, watch this spin. I was the fuel that started at 694. Oh my God, watch the spin. <laughs> no, I mean it's I, when I said that it was just because he hadn't got one. There You're was, a prisoner of the moment, and there wasn't a lefty up for the. You're a takesmith up for the Reds last night. So that I mean I I came to that conclusion, but you know. The Reds are no good, so maybe this righty that they're pitching tonight gets taken out similar and someone like Ross Detweiler comes in and Albert hits another one. Then they're throwing the lefty Oh, wow, why do you hate St. Louis-born pitchers? Yikes, have fun. No Yikes. shot at Ross Detweiler. Oh, okay. Well, you said someone like Ross Detweiler. Oh, lefty. Someone who throws with his left hand. I see. Uh, Wednesday, Wednesday, they're starting a lefty. The show tomorrow. When, uh, talk to me on Thursday morning. That Then I will have a much better idea. As to find out if he hits more home runs in the next two games. 
No, 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 no. That would be great, though. I will update uh, my prediction takes. based on the next. Well, I say, yeah, you could do that. Um, but I'll have a better idea of if he's going to get to 700 after Wednesday because it's throwing a lefty on Wednesday. So that will be it. Because if he's at 695 with a month left to play, okay, that's a that's a lot different to get to 700 than even 695. What about the difference between 694 and 695? Because to me, that's one. Every, that's your opinion. Every home run matters, Tim. Every home run matters. So if he's at 695, 696. You got to bet $1,000, of course, your father's money on on what number he finishes with. What is the number? Uh, 698. Oh, my goodness. Man. It's going to be rough in this Air Comfort Service tax line. I want him to do it. I want him so badly. How far do the Cardinals it. go in the playoffs? I have to put a thousand dollars down. Yeah, a thousand dollars, and I guess it'll be your trust fund money. They lose in the NLCS to the Dodgers. Okay, I think I think I think a lot of people can accept that. Okay, thank you. Yeah, don't, don't, don't come from my head. Just yeah, yeah I'm actually got close to Dexton Box. Uh, is Jackson is closing it out now. Before he saw somebody calling him Little Bayless, as in Little Skip Bayless. <laughs> That's a good name. If I remember correctly, Albert was in the starting lineup last night. That's from the five seven three. Was he? <laughs> yes, he was. Oh. Well, you never know. Well, you do if you watch. It's a magic trick. Uh, once it got delayed, I was like, oh, I'm out. Oh boy. Personally, I'm an honesty in media. <laughs> no, I mean I appreciate it. It's just I'm not sure that the audience will appreciate it. Well, Tim, the audience appreciates very little. From I got to tell pills. you something. Is a daily fantasy nerd. And I am uh-huh. a losing daily fantasy nerd, not just like somebody who spends time on it but wins. I am a somebody who spends time on it and loses, so it's the worst case thing. Pools was priced very nicely last night, and I would imagine a lot of people were on top of that. I mean, really nicely. So, uh, yeah, I, I was aware he was in the starting lineup. O'Neal was probably – O'Neal's kind of one of those guys. He starts getting hot. You add at Tyler O'Neal hitting like he's hit the last few games – and that changes the dynamic that it's not just Goldschmidt, Arnado, and then if and when he's hot, Albert. Uh, the O'Neill thing, has, this team is 21 games over 500 with Tyler O'Neill doing, I don't know, what percentage of what you would have thought he would have done at the beginning of the season. And keep in mind the productivity of the outfield as a whole. How many teams are 20-plus games over 500 in August with an outfield performing offensively like the Cardinals has or have over the course of the season to date? Perhaps you're going to see some upside there. Keep in mind, over the next month and change, for the most part, you're going to see nothing but crap teams. There's four against the Brewers. Uh, I believe it's three against the Padres and four against the Dodgers in California. But other than that, between now and the postseason, it is, uh, it's it's the dregs of the National League, and for the most part, the dregs of the National League Central. But then again, the National League Central is essentially dregs. Your thoughts, 65780, uh, and you are welcome to text in or leave a mic drop on the 101 ESPN app. Doesn't watch the local crown jewel of pro sports douchebaggery in media. That is from the 314. <clears throat> he started at first base, little douchey. Are you changing your name now? Or are you going to stick to piddles? These guys have worn me out. <laughs> oh my God, are you throwing in the towel? I'm just, it's, it's exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> Got to tell you something. If you're looking to knock little piddles out, he is wobbly. We have one more round to go. See if he can floor him. <laughs> so we have two more rounds. <laughs> uh, uh. 
I mean, you oh, know. God, no, Jamie Rivers. Jamie Rivers is in That's Jamie Rivers' music. That's Jamie Rivers' music. Jamie Rivers is in here. Little Piddles just said Albert Pujols wasn't in the starting lineup last night. I said, he goes, well, how do you know? And I said, well, if you watch the game. And now he is he has closed the text line, Jamie, and he is saying the audience has worn him out, and he is wobbly, and I think one final punch from you could end it all right here. Well, it's that you say that, um, because uh, I came in yesterday, uh-huh. checked out the text line. The text line very active for the fast lane, as your show. And someone said, uh, hey, Jamie, Little Piddles is starting a feud with you. Oh, my God. Bad idea. And I was like, really? (laughs) Little Piddles, does he know I get to the station whenever I want to? (laughs) Sometimes he's still here? What what is going on? You got to fill me in. What? Are you calling me out? What are you doing? Here no. we go. No. Tim, so Tim had gave the story about when we were at the event for 101 that you bumped into me and said, oh, apologies, Piddles. <laughs> and Tim got a big kick out of that. I did. And I enjoyed he, it quite a bit. And they retold the story of Jamie Rivers bumped into Jackson and knocked him over. And I was like, no, he didn't knock me over. I, I don't weigh 10 pounds. We're like the same height. And so Tim was like, of course. He was like, oh, so you think you can take on Jamie River? He's stirring the pot. Just I stirring mean, the pot. No, I mean, that sounds about right. Yeah, that's, that's on brand, isn't it? Wow. Yeah, Piddles wants a piece. Are we doing like rough and rowdy style? Is yeah. that how we're going to do yeah. it? Yeah. We'll sell tickets? How'd that go? You want to go? Poorly. It would go poorly. I have no <laughs> intentions of fighting any former NHLers. <laughs> All right. Well, I had to pop in because, yeah. you know, when the text line which is gospel right, of course. Is gospel here <laughs> yeah, when they say little piddles is starting a feud <laughs> right. i feel like i've got to defend Your ears myself perk up I, and i understand you know? that oh i love it just come walking right in and confront the gentleman that's the way it should be <laughs> done should be you done. don't do passive aggressive crap on twitter you walk right up to piddles and you say piddles you want a piece <laughs> piddles. piddles is covering up from you uh, he's already yeah. turtling he's yeah. <laughs> jamie thanks for dropping no by problem. the program thanks for right, having a good appreciate you it looks like piddles is standing down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, waving my white flag over here. Another day, Piddles. <laughs> <All right. laughs> I'll meet my maker one day. Clip that off. I knew I heard Jamie Rivers' music. That was Jamie Rivers' music. Came right into the studio. 65780, that is how you can text in, and the text line is indeed gospel, and of course you can uh, leave a mic drop on the uh, 101 ESPN app. Tim McKernan and Little Piddles, who was too busy to watch the Cardinal game last night here on Balloon Party. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. This could be the segment where you break Jackson. <sighs> yeah, this is, this is a banner day for me. The music is so threatening. So ominous. I think the audience feels like it. I feel like, yeah, like most I feel- people didn't think the show would get into August, but now that we're here and approaching September, I think people were going, well, maybe we can at least take out piddles. Right, yeah, if, if nothing else. Yeah, I am, I am wobbling. I'm getting up for the next round, but I'm wobbling. My eye is swollen shut. Yep. Uh, the cup man is useless at this point. Jamie Rivers walked in here and he was ready to finish you off and you turtled. I did, yeah. I should have scrapped him right here on the air. We do not care about the Knicks. That's from the 636. Numbers say otherwise. I still got some, I got some this punches is a left. Is town? No, it's just basketball. Uh, Jackson uh, gave you an update uh, as Little Piddles, and yeah. there was a Knicks update in there. Uh, welcome back. Third segment here of Balloon Party. Jackson uh, just 
bragged about not watching the Cardinal game last night in the previous segment, and uh, that has really set the audience off here. Uh, and, uh, and, also, and also, and said six uh, six ninety eight is the number for Albert. God, can I bet you on that? I get the over. You get, but then I'm going to be rooting against Albert. I don't want to do that. I, feel, I get the sense you root against the, the Cardinals, and if you knew there's a there's a hockey team in town, they're called the Blues, and I get the sense that if you were aware of it, that you would root against them as well. You probably be a Blackhawks guy. Back this in is... the '90s, were a wingy wingy guy. Oh, yeah. When wing. you weren't born, right? That was a big wingy wingy. You were guy. happy when Eiserman beat Casey. Couldn't have been more indifferent. A... Um, but uh, no, I am a St. Louis sports fan through. I actually can't root for a, a team unless it's either St. Louis or the Missouri Tigers. Okay. I, there's not a team I root for. Like in the NBA, like I love the NBA. There's no team I root for. I guess I root for Tatum and the Celtics. Okay, so now you're arguing with yourself. Now it's up, and now all of a sudden, I'm not even saying anything. And the next thing I know, you're cross-examining yourself. It's an absolute dumpster fire right now. But, I mean, I root for Jason Tatum. Because he's from St. Louis. Absolutely. But it's because he's from an upper-crust school like Chaminade. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, all the guys who played in St. Louis are either, actually from almost all from Chaminade or CBC. David Lee, Brad Beal, Tatum. Uh, Pat McCall went to CBC, three-time NBA champion, Pat McCall. and liar, LOL, it's from the 314. I don't know what you're lying about, but I agree with this guy. Right, right. Now I'm wobbling again. <laughs> uh, let's see what we got here. Uh, Jackson's questions, wonderful questions. Thanks. Even though he does not pay attention to the teams, he is able to come up with great questions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you know one of the things we asked Chris Welsh, and I was I was wondering about this too. I think I actually said it on Balloon Party last week. This is the last time the Cardinals are in Cincinnati. I, for some reason, thought they were going back there, but I guess the Reds are coming here. Hell, I don't know. Uh, either way, I know they play the Reds again in September. And uh, in the Molina-Cincinnati relationship is a is a unique one. Yes, definitely. It goes back to Brandon Phillips. goes back to 2010. It goes back to Johnny Cueto and uh, Jason LaRue and the kick that uh, LaRue still suffers effects from yeah. 12 years later, man. Yep. So uh, Welsh said, uh, Chris Welsh, the guest we had on TMA, and we played the sound of him on the Reds postgame show, for those of you just joining us, in which it sounded like he may be saying something negative about the way Albert Pujols was getting his home runs, and uh, he said no, he was irritated by the Reds' right field dimensions and how it's too easy to hit a home run. Anyway, another thing he said is he didn't think, but he wasn't sure, that the Reds were planning on anything for Albert and Yachty in their final stop in Cincinnati. And I gather the last game will be tomorrow in Cincinnati, unless the Reds win out right. and they expand the playoff format and they uh, meet in the NLCS. So this would be it for Yachty or Molina and Albert Pujols in Cincinnati. And uh, he said, as far as he knows, they're not planning on doing something. That's kind of surprising. And he Super said, yeah, surprising. I think the Reds are just kind of mired in their own issues and— and maybe not even thinking about it. Yeah, that's. I, I, that's but you know, in fairness, he's the you know he's the post game broad. Oh yeah, yeah. Host. It's not like he's with the organization, so I, I think I need to provide him that out. Either way, I'm just surprised. It leads to the question that Jackson filed here. Uh, it cannot be understated the Adier Molina's effects on the game for the Cardinals, unlike any player currently on the roster with the way he calls the game and works the umps. While we are both in agreement that Yachty will be done after 2022, and I think it's easy to say that a change of pace from a hitting perspective will be refreshing, but how do the Cardinals replace his impact? Do you think these intangibles, uh, the intangible metrics will be utilized when deciding his Hall of Fame status? Of all three players retiring this season, do you think all three will make it to the Hall of Fame? Well, you got a lot in there. There's a lot of punch 
to that. It's a meaty question. Yeah, there's a lot of layers to it. All right, so I'll start, uh, as LaRusso said, let me take the last one first. <laughs> um, I, Albert Poole's in the Hall of Fame. I don't know who would dissent on yeah. that. Uh, I do think Yadier Molina's in the Hall of Fame. I know, I think it's something that, like, Cubs fans and the angry Kansas City people, um, I think, although I think that number is dwindling now yeah. that they've won a World Series and a Super Bowl and kind of see the state of our operation here. Uh, that they're not dealing with the envy that they were for a while, uh, would bring up that Yadier Molina is not a Hall of Famer just to kind of get Cardinal fans going. I don't, I don't see how Yadier Molina is not a Hall of Famer. So I, I that, so that's where I am on it, and just kind of that's that's that. Now, as I've been saying the last couple of shows, I think there's a chance Adam Wainwright winds up in the Hall of Fame for a combination of his ability as a ball player, and then also what he could wind up doing in broadcasting afterwards. So I am projecting what would wind up being an incredible broadcasting career. I just think he has the ability and the it factor to be a face of baseball for the next 25 years. And it'll be weird because your children will know Adam Wainwright as a broadcaster, and I suppose mine too. Uh, as opposed to what we know him as, as a pitcher and the guy who struck out Brandon Inge to win the World Series in 2006. So uh, from that standpoint, um, I think there is a good chance all three wind up in there. But if you're just talking about on the field, then then I would put just Albert and Yadier Molina in there. Are you on that page too, or do you think Wainwright possibly goes into Cooperstown as solely a pitcher? I think Yadi has a better chance of getting in as a player than Wayno as a player. Wayno, that's not, I just want to tell you that's not really a bold. No, I know, but I think that Wayno. I don't know. I'm I'm more sure of Yadi is what I'm saying. Like Yadi, I'm I'm pretty confident will get into the Hall of Fame. Maybe not first ballot, but I think he will get into the Hall of Fame. Wayno, I think that broadcasting would be a huge boost for his. And when resume. I say broadcasting, when you say broadcasting, we're talking about being in the role like McCarver had, right. what Smoltz has now, right. or if he becomes a fixture on Sunday Night Baseball or the MLB Network or whatever is carrying baseball a few years from now. Who's to say it's just going to be Fox? It, it could very well be Amazon or Apple. Sure. I, hell, I don't know. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I just think he could be a face of the game. Yep, agreed. And agreed. Uh, a great face for the game. So, with that said, you ask about the intangibles and the Cardinals replacing it. It's a huge thing. Huge thing. It's probably not being talked about right now because, understandably, and what should be going on uh, and is going on, is people are focused on what is one of the most exciting times in the last decade of Cardinal baseball with the performance of the team and with the individual elements of the Goldschmidt Triple Crown and the Pujols 700 and also Molina's final season, you have an absolute peak situation here for this organization. And it's amazing how it's changed. If, if you would have been saying this on June 30th, that August 30th would be this celebration of great play, the organization making moves at the deadline that enthused the fan base, re-energized the club, Goldschmidt's in the Triple Crown mix, and Pools is only six home runs from 700 people to look at it like, what? Two months ago. Yeah. So it's all happened here relatively recently. So therefore, because of that, you don't have people going, well, let's talk about next year. Now, if you're in Cincinnati, I would imagine, number one, you're talking about the Bengals. But if you are talking about the Reds, you're talking about next year. And like the Red Sox yesterday, they issued a vote of confidence for Alex Cor and, and the fact that he'll be back um, as manager. 
But with regards to um, the Boston Red Sox, they have turned the page toward 2023. Here in St. Louis, it's a different set of circumstances. People are focused on now. But if you do ask me the question, and since you asked the question, I think it is a huge part. And since it's not really statistically measured based on the statistics that most people just casually observe or you hear about on a broadcast, I think we will feel that impact in a monster way next year. As weird as it might sound, more so than Albert Pujols. In 2022, Albert Pujols, I'm not talking about the Albert Pujols from 2001 through 2011, but I think you will see an impact on it um, with regards to the pitching staff. Agreed. I think we had a microcosm of it this year. Yeah, uh, with Yadi not being there, and that obviously is being somewhat disingenuous because when Yadi came back, I think it was August second, it was right around the trade deadline. So the, obviously the pitching staff improved, but you saw a difference in the pitching with Yadi behind the plate and when Yadi's not behind the plate, and that is something that isn't necessarily like you said in a metric, but it's something that is very much an impactful part of the game. And so without that, you know, you get you might gain a lot better performance at the plate with someone else. But who knows what it's going to be like for the pitching staff. Uh, it's somehow 10.50. God, I thought I was doing a good job with the clock. Jamie Rivers coming in here. And, oh, and you're going after Jamie Rivers again. And giving me the business cost us some time. No, wow. I think it was great. I think it was great. But uh, now Ryder's giving me the side eye. <laughs> <laughs> now he says I should go after Kerry Davis now. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. take on everybody. Yeah. Uh, all right, we got a break. Uh, this is Balloon Party 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. It's almost time to go. God, I really, I really felt, I mean, I broke at 10-11 today. I know. We almost, we almost had it. What I did. Sometimes the clock I gotta, I gotta look at the you. game film. Yeah. Speaking of which, <laughs> during the commercial break, we bring up Kerry Davis, and that's Kerry Davis's music. He walks in. And if you think Jackson turtled for Jamie Rivers, he nearly leapt out the window here. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I'm shaking my boots. I am telling you, you're alienating everybody here at the staff and the audience. What is your deal? You're like the full-fledged heel. Yeah, you know that picture of Jon Snow holding the, the sword as the entire cavalry yes, comes at him? Famous moment in Game of Thrones. Yeah, that's me right now. That's you. Yeah, and we all know how that ended. Strong to Someone bailed him out, which is how it would go for me, too. Uh, what an odd question this is, and I realize there's all kinds of nonsense that comes in here, but I just, where did this come from? Tim, why are you so afraid to criticize Tashara Jones on her hatred of St. Louis sports expansion? Just a wonderful non sequitur that's a good enough bluff to make me think it's serious, but it's also asinine enough to make me yeah, think it's fair. So it's, I, I got to tell you, I tip my cap because I wonder if it's real or if it's just standard uh, bad crappery. Uh, and I thought this was a good one, even though I know I have about a minute left. How many borderline Hall of Famers wind up getting into their respective sports Hall of Fames? Halls of Fame? Your pick. Because they are still in the limelight as a national broadcaster when they're eligible. I have thought that in the past in the NFL, due to Fox, NBC, CBS influence and wanting the marketability of Hall of Fame, I think some people outside of St. Louis may think that helped Warner. Uh, and then somebody else brings up uh, Tony Dungy and Shannon Sharp coming to mind. That's a nice observation. It's a good actually. question. I, think, I, I, th- I have to tell you, I think there's something to it. Yeah. I do think there's something to it. I yeah. really do think that there's something to that. I, I mean, let me tell you something. When Orlando Pace retired, and tell me when I got to you know, turn off my mic and I know BK. Yeah, two minutes. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah, uh, that's a, a wide minute, berth. A For minute. me, I can turn that into three hours. A minute and change. All right. 
uh, when when the Rams left, well, after 2000, I don't know, take your pick, 2005, New Orlando Pace was a Hall of Famer. New Marshall Falk was a Hall of Famer. But I realized 2005 was poor Warner reignited with the Cardinals, but I don't think people think Kurt Warner was a Hall of Famer, and there was no talk about Dick Vermeil being a Hall of Famer. And I would say that that was even the case after he left the Chiefs. Now, I will say this, I thought it was weird that there wasn't talk about Vermeil being a Hall of Famer. My premise being... I feel like the halls of fame specific to football and baseball are becoming more open. Accepting, yeah. Well, accepting makes it sound like it's some kind of movement, but but the standards are being okay. lowered as fair because that makes it sound like it's yeah, a no, shot. Yeah, you're right, you're right. But just people are getting in that I think when they retired, they weren't thought to be Hall of Famers. That's sure. my point. With specific to Wainwright, what I'm saying is I think he could be a, become a legendary broadcaster and then that combined with being a hell of a pitcher who may have gotten in without some injuries – um, that puts him in. So I do think, if I had to bet, I do think that there was a good chance he gets in. But I do think, to answer your question, Molina and Pools are in, and I think that's just not even a sweat. All right, we got to go. BK and Ferrari are up next for Action Jackson, who is fighting Kerry Davis and Jamie Rivers in the parking lot here today. Uh, I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.